Coming up on Studios America, Pat Gray swings through the studio. I'd like to say that we have some deep, insightful political analysis for you, but I think we're just going to talk about cookies. Anyway, speaking of fat things, uh, we'll talk to you about Stu Eats America. It's my brand new segment. You're going to love it. It was originally just going to be me, basically, but Jeffy smelled the food from next door and wandered over to help out, so he'll join us as well. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Are you following me on Instagram yet? I would appreciate it if you do. Head to my page, at Stu Does America now, and help me get more followers than my wife. This is obviously incredibly important to all of us. And if you click the link in the bio, you'll get access to all of our episodes completely free on your favorite platforms. It's difficult to decide what to be angry about when everyone is always angry about everything. But when did we as a nation decide together to have such thin skin? Let's do the culture of victimization. Stu does America. We've changed as a country. We've changed from the people, the greatest country on earth, that that was really the, the feeling of this country, to a country that's constantly looking to be the victim. There was a time in which it, achievement was what we strived uh, to be, and now it seems to be you want to be uh, oppressed so that you can argue to everyone that you're oppressed. So you can say that you are the vulnerable, oppressed people. The ultimate example of this, and I've brought this up a couple of times, is that even our white supremacists are whining about being victims now. At one point, I mean, they were white supremacists. They thought they were supreme, right? Now, it's uh, white genocide, right? It's like the, they, are, they are constantly at the victims of of all of these terrible things. They just can't make it happen. Uh, the, you know, these poor white supremacists sadly are now victims too. Everyone's a victim all the time. And I don't understand it. And I feel like a large part of this is our search to become the victim. It's, it's, it's looking for a way to justify that you've had terrible things happening to you because that proves your worth in some way. I was listening to a podcast uh, from Axios the other day and there's a discussion about AAPI hate. That's Asian American Pacific Islanders for all you disgusting people who didn't know what that term meant like everyone else in the world two weeks ago. So AAPI hate has been a big thing. We've talked about it a few times. What's the actual truth behind it? I wanted to listen though to a podcast from Axios talking about a new survey discussing about how widespread AAPI hate really is. As new data is being released about hate crimes, especially in regards to the Asian-American community. It shows that one out of four Asian-Americans said they've experienced a hate incident. Sarah K. Helani-Gu is Axios' executive editor. Sarah, this is a joint project from AAPI Data and SurveyMonkey. What is it telling us? So this survey is one of the first we've seen since the uptick in violence against Asian Americans. Yeah, and it's showing a clear uh, sense among Asian Americans that 27 percent of them and 24 percent of Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders say they've been a victim of a hate crime. Holy crap. Which means they have verbally or physically been abused or experienced property damage because of their race or ethnicity. OK, stop for a second. Can- stop for a second. Because this is. First of all, it's hard to have a serious survey that comes from SurveyMonkey. It's just, it's hard to take it seriously. But uh, it's a, they're a real polling outfit. And they say 27% of, of, of Asian Americans and 24% of Hawaiian Pacific Islanders have uh, been victims of a hate crime. I mean, that's pretty serious, right? So, but how does that compare to everyone? 
Like, how much more of it is that like 27% and like 1% of white people? How does this compare? Well, they give you the answer in the next sentence. Appears with just 22% of the national average of folks saying that they've had this similar incident happen to them. Okay, so stop. First of all, we're talking about the difference between 24% with Hawaii, uh, native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders and 22% overall. And the Asian American number was 27%. With smaller groups, these numbers are right in, right near each other. I mean, yes, they're a couple points higher. It's something maybe you could look at, but it's not a massive, massive development, I wouldn't think. Um, so the, the clip goes on though, and you hear the word hate crime. Is it possible that 22% of all Americans have experienced a hate crime against them? That seems completely impossible to me. Well, they do describe what the truth is coming up. But keep in mind, the survey also looked at a wide range of experiences regarding discrimination with violence or hate crimes on one end and microaggressions on the other. Okay, stop. Okay, so now. Now we're not at hate crimes anymore. We're down to microaggressions, which basically seems to mean someone says something you don't like. That seems to be the definition. They go in to, ex to uh, explain how they themselves, the hosts, have been victims of these uh, microaggressions slash hate crimes. Listen. Sarah, both you and I have experienced this personally. I can't tell you how many times in my life someone has asked me, where are you from? And when I say Miami, they say, but where are you really from? Okay. How stop. did it? Now, look, if someone asks you where you're from and you say Miami and they say, no, well, like, where are you really from? They don't. That's not. Is that racism? Or is it kind of a clumsy way of asking? Well, no, what I really mean is like, what, you know, what's your lineage? You know, like, what's your background? Like you might say someone who's at a restaurant, you might say uh, you're, going to, you're going out to d dinner and they say, you know, I love Italian food. That's my heritage. Oh, really? Well, tell me about your heritage. You might be interested in that. It's one of the things we're told so often we are supposed to care about other people's culture. And then when someone asks about someone else's culture, it's, act as, it's, it's counted in a hate crime survey. Again, someone asking you where you are from is not a hate crime. And even if they mean it in some racist way, is it a hate crime? Maybe it's a microaggression after all. Listen. Feel for you to see this quantified in an actual survey. Actual. This is something Asian Americans talk about all the time amongst each other, amongst themselves. What it usually implies is, or sometimes more directly asked, at least in my experiences, people being kind of unsatisfied with your answer. So if I say I'm from Southern California, I usually will get, no, where are you really from? And oh. I think when you're asked that constantly and then you realize oh. like other people who are white no. are never really asked that question in an aggressive way, oh. you realize you have the shared way. experience with other Asian Americans doesn't feel great. Okay, stop for a second. So, again, where are you from? I'm from Southern California. Well, yeah, but like what's your heritage? Like telling me about you live in Southern California. I, mean, I don't know. I might come from Southern California. Like that doesn't necessarily, it's not interesting. It's not a different culture. I'm asking you about your background. Where were you from? You know, people would ask me what people have asked me before. Where, what's my background? What's my, they ask me because they see my last name, which sounds sort of Franchi French, Bulgaria. And people say, where is that from? Where's your name from? I don't take it as some microaggression. Let's go to the last clip here, if we could. Uh, this is uh, Axios uh, talking about the hate crimes of asking where you're from. 
When you add all this up, it's not the one experience or the second experience or the third experience, but the constant experience. I think by and large, I give people a lot of benefit of the doubt that they're very curious. But I also feel like there's so much people don't understand and there's so much that people assume about Asian Americans. And for me, I always think it's interesting because if they're asking about my ancestors coming to America, <laughs> as some I expect are, often I'm like, um, I'm as Chinese as you are Irish. So is, does that help? Yes, it helps. We're not saying you're some... Look, at, I think what really frustrates me about this is this jump to these terrible assumptions about the person you're talking to. Why are you assuming they're doing anything other than just asking? You say here, uh, she said... Um, I think it's, uh, there's so much that people assume about Asian Americans. Well, how the hell are they gonna get the actual information when, because when you ask them, you act as if they're racist for asking. Well, they're gonna assume things because you're not telling them anything. You know, I, I'm from South, uh, South, South Carolina. How dare you ask me that question? The bottom line here is this victim of, is putting victimization up on this pedestal. And when it's on this pedestal, people strive to achieve it. And that's what this is. You could look at this and say, hey, my friend's asking me about my heritage. My friend's asking me about my family background. Cool, let's talk about it. Or you could say, damn you, you racist. And everyone seems to go that way. She even says she thinks she's giving them the benefit of the doubt. You're doing a, a, a major podcast about how your friends are racist. That's not giving them the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Until this will never change. It will never change until we go back to this idea that achievement is the thing that we're striving for and not becoming the victim. This is not a freaking contest to see who can be victimized by their friends in conversation. It needs to be a competition about people expanding their horizons, uh, bettering their lives, bettering the lives of people around them. Acting as if everyone around you has the worst possible intentions every time you talk to them is not a way to make a society better. Ever wonder how free-to-access social media companies make all their cash? Well, they're tracking you, your searches, your video history, everything you click on, and then by selling your valuable data. That's why you need ExpressVPN. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. Uh, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from eavesdroppers on your network. And the ExpressVPN app is super easy. You just have to tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. If it was difficult, I couldn't figure it out, but it's not. It finally is time for you to say no to censorship and monitoring and all that crap that goes on online. Cake your privacy back with VPNs, uh, from ExpressVPN. This is where I love, uh, this is where I go for my, uh, my VPN. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. Uh, by visiting that link, you're going to get uh, three extra months of ExpressVPN service for free. It's EXPRESSVPN.com slash stew. ExpressVPN.com slash stew. As we've gone through the pandemic and dealt with the pandemic economy, one of the things we try to do here is talk to small business owners from around the area and the country. We have a small business owner with us now. Uh, his name is Pat, 
uh, Pat uh, Gray, Gray, is it? Gray, Gray. Uh, yes, Gray. thank you so much yeah. for coming on, Pat Gray. Sure. sure. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, I guess you also host a show, Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, it is true, on TV. I do, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, much bigger business, perhaps, but you just started yes. this other business. Right. I actually wanted to bring you in today. We've obviously, you know, have you on all the time and talking about uh, politics and, and issues and such, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I was, we kind of talked about this a little bit off the air one day, and I was kind of fascinated on how all this came together. Because you own, with your family, um, a cookie company, right? Kexi Cookies, mm -hmm. K-E-K-S-I dot com. com. <laughs> You're as bad as I am with Andrew yeah. Cuomo's awful dot com. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> and you, you started this during the pandemic. Right. First of all, did it cross your mind that it was a bad idea to start a business <laughs> during the pandemic? It didn't until, <laughs> until we started trying to do it. And then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this isn't the best time, <laughs> but we plowed forward anyway. It's actually been pretty good because um, I think people are denied so many pleasures during the pandem pandemic, mm. especially last year, that they were like, I'm going to have some cookies yeah. and I don't care. I'm going to eat. <laughs> and obviously I've had the same mentality. <laughs> yeah, so, <have> <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it actually went pretty well last year for, you know, a startup in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, we did... We did well. We didn't lose money, which was nice. That's I mean, for a first year of any business. That's great. Yeah. Take me back, though, before you, still, you launched the business. I can vouch that every year your wife would make these amazing cookies and you'd mm -hmm. bring them in and we'd all just say how amazing they are. And we should we say, you got to sell these things. Come yeah. on, you got to sell these things. Yeah. And that happens to certain people with certain things that they have at home. No one actually does it, though. <laughs> right. You decided to actually, you know what, let's go for it. Why? It happens so often from so many different people. And we just realized... Uh, I mean, there is nobody I've ever met that doesn't love her cookies. Yeah. And so we just finally said, all right, let's do it. And so we did it. So th your business plan was all right, let's all right, do it. Let's do it. That was it. <laughs> uh, how much goes Are you saying that's not a comprehensive, really good as business plan, mission statement kind of thing? So far as this is going on, I'm losing respect for your business, uh, <laughs> your business acumen. No, because I think a lot of people think that way that, hey, yeah. you know, we got a great thing that we, you know, we love. We always enjoy this around the holidays. I bet a lot of people <clears> will enjoy this. And it might be true from time to time. But like there's a real thing that I, I, mean, I have this myself. There's like an intimidation factor with starting a new business. I oh, have yeah. no idea how to do it. Like, yeah. I don't know your wife. You, now, you have a lot of overachieving children, which yeah. I know are involved in the business. Um, mm -hmm. So there, there was, you know, I know they're doing a lot of the uh, of the hard work they on are. the business side. They're doing the day-to-day -day yeah. operation of it. Um, our, our middle son uh, graduated uh, from BYU, Idaho, and in a business degree. And so he, you know, we kind of sent him to school for this. And so afterwards we were like okay you're ready now right and he said yes and so we did it <laughs> these are much shorter conversations than i picked <clears throat> um. <laughs> well we we've actually talked to a we have a really good friend who's an extremely successful businessman he just sold one of his businesses for 120 million dollars mm. and we talked we we talked to him before we started and asked him what was really important and he said don't hire family <laughs> don't hire people from your church and make sure this is all really spelled out in advance before uh, ahead of time. And we've done none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> We're completely family. <laughs> and we've hired people from church. 
and we have no idea what our plan is. If nothing else, this tells you how good these freaking cookies are. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> the product is so good you can't miss. You just can't. You're like a, you've got like this really undisciplined team, but you've got incredible talent. Lots of really fast guys. They catch yeah. the ball. It's just amazing. Um, so, uh, you, so you're going through and you start this. You start the business. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of weird hurdles, and I think like my my level of intimidation when it comes to starting my own business would be. There's so many freaking regulations. There's so much yeah. tax stuff. Yeah. I mean, even with food, like there's all the health and safety measures. And I would be terrified that I would screw all that up and be in like prison. Yeah, it's that is an important element because we had to research all the rules and figure out what we can and can't do. And that's why we built a kitchen because you can't surprisingly you can't mail things across the country to people uh, that you've just made at home. They frown on that a little bit, yeah. <laughs> really? And so we had to have this kitchen built. And, you know, another one of the regulations was anytime you open anything that sells food, you have to have a grease trap. Well, how much grease are we going to have baking cookies? A grease Not that much, trap. Hmm. But you must have a $35,000 grease trap no matter what food business you're in. So little things like that mm. have made it really interesting and very well, expensive. If you're selling vegetables, you have to have a grease trap. <laughs> you have to have a, a grease trap. Yeah. It, it is fascinating. And, and again, mm. you're talking about opening a business in Texas, which I would assume yeah. is a I would lot think different it's freer. Yeah, than, than a lot of other states. Yeah. Maybe not the most free, but at least up there, right in mm-hmm. the upper you know, third. Um, and I can't even imagine what it's like trying to do this in a New York or oh, you know, uh, California. Either. It probably would have failed if it was New York because they'd put so many restrictions on you that you just wouldn't be able to get around them. And they make it cost prohibitive to do it. So it's already expensive enough in a free state like like Texas. And there are already enough regulations like the stupid grease trap where it does hamper you a little bit. But, yeah, I can't imagine in Massachusetts or California or New York trying to do this. So wh- when did you actually uh, open up? Because I remember talking about it on the air when you first kind of said, like, we're going to we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You opened it up initially mm-hmm. as sort of we had local delivery like yeah. in Texas. Yep. Um, and then it expanded to a few states. What was the timeline of that? Uh, well, we opened it to local delivery and for and that was it for the first couple of months, mm-hmm. probably three months. And then we opened it up to nine states and <clears throat> we did that the rest of last year we had nine western states that we could deliver to and then um toward the end of last year we started building the the kitchen and putting that together and so ever since that was built we've been completely nationwide and you start off you're you're doing local delivery going well i remember it was you know Mm -hmm. doing well um and then you decided to basically at some point go all in on this i mean like you yeah. you 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 flippantly say oh we're just like ah, oh, the cookies are great let's do it but like that had to be a really hard decision for you it was it was and the investment of the kitchen probably took every penny we've ever made Jeez. to actually do because we didn't i didn't want to go in debt and mm-hmm. um you know i thought taking out a massive loan in the middle of a pandemic was probably a bad idea so we used our own money <clears throat> and uh, we used pretty much all of it to build this kitchen and, and make this happen so please buy some cookies <laughs> won't you uh, k-e-k-s-i really, really important yeah gexy.com uh 100 you got to do that um your, so your <clears throat> wife is the obviously the brains behind this operation I mean, what do obviously. you i know i know two things that you do mm-hmm. no three things one okay. you you talk about it occasionally on your show <laughs> yes. or on our show uh-huh. uh number two mm-hmm. 
um, you occasionally will show up in a hairnet on an Instagram video, which mm -hmm. I've seen you in a hairnet making, helping to do something with cookies, packaging them or something. Yeah. Uh, and you definitely write at least some of the web descriptions because yeah, I keep much seeing all the web descriptions. I keep seeing communism <laughs> mentioned in the cookie <laughs> descriptions. I don't understand why. And that was a clue <laughs> that maybe I, I had like, something to do with it. Definitely, Pat. <laughs> uh, but she is the brains here, right behind yeah, the whole she, operation. She comes up with the recipes. She bakes the cookies. Eventually, we're going to train somebody else to be her, and then, you know, she'll go home and not do that anymore, and she'll take care of other things. Um, but, yeah, she's, it's, she is the company, really, to me. Because without her baking prowess, um, we're not selling any cookies. <laughs> it would be hard. <laughs> it would be hard. It, it would be hard. It would. Uh, how does it? How do you feel though now? Because you start this in a pandemic year, really hard. Mm -hmm. um, but you also started during the Trump administration. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, right? Pretty friendly to business, uh, certainly. Uh, probably something he's best known for. Yeah. And then we have an election, and then you know a 147 year old guy wins. Yep. Uh, he goes in and immediately spends 1.9 trillion. After the five trillion we spent in 2020 on the pandemic, he comes in and spends another 1.9 trillion and is promising four trillion more. The economy is in a precarious <clears throat> position, and you've got a baby company here. I'm definitely worried about that <clears throat> because you know once he starts taking a lot more money from everybody. Uh, that's going to make it tougher to buy things that you don't absolutely have to have. You know, luxury items, it's nice to have cookies, but you don't have to have cookies. So, yeah, that could cut into things. And I was just reading where uh, they've kind of admitted that they're, um, I, I can't remember the exact word they used, but sort of reorganizing capitalism, redoing, yeah, capital, oh, shaping, oh, reshaping capitalism. You saw reshaping. I saw an overhaul of American capitalism. I think the New York Times described it that way. It's unbelievable. That used to be, Pat, something they would deny if you oh, accused them of. You'd be a racist if you said they were overhauling capitalism. Right. But I think they're actually proud of it now. Yeah. And I, you know, I think a lot of people are just so used to government overreach and government doing so many things and they've made people dependent on government during this pandemic that people are accepting it now and so they're just saying it now plus glenn made that prediction what 10 years ago yeah they're going to take the mask off yeah literally mm -hmm. um and figuratively and they're just going to show yeah we're socialists so what capitalism didn't work yeah and now we're talking about the overhaul of American capitalism yeah you know, glenn's had some predictions that you know flamed out a little bit that one did not that, that one was <laughs> Right on. That one really did hold up. Um, so uh, <laughs> as you kind of look forward here, uh, and when now we, you know, we've got Biden. There's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, after the disaster in Georgia, we've got 50 Democratic senators. <clears throat> do you think that they will be able to get these plans through? Now, they only need 50 votes for one of them, so they can get one of them through unless they really screw it up. But, I mean, we're talking about $4 trillion of spending. There has to be some limit here, doesn't it? I really think they're, they're going to use the nuclear option. I'm really afraid of that. Um, and they're doing such a good job of just lying to the American people. I mean, he's he was running around last week lying about the Georgia bill, like repeatedly, yeah. over and over and over. Even, is it the Post that gives the Pinocchios? Yes. Washington Post? Mm -hmm. Even WAPO gave him four Pinocchios. Did they really? On what he was saying about, yeah, well, on wow. what he's saying about the new Georgia bill. And he just keeps saying it. He just keeps saying, do you know that they can't give water in line? At yeah. a, 
Put it. Not true. Since when did that become an essential element in American society? I know. <laughs> I have never been given water in line to vote. I lo- but anyway, people can give water to you. They just can't be part of the campaigns. Yeah, they can't be part of the campaign or they can't be right in line. They have to be 25 right. feet away from the line, which, again, is nine yards. Uh, less than <laughs> nine yards. It's not that long a walk. They just don't want people bribing like, hey, pizza party, come right. vote, get your free pizza. Essentially paying for your vote. Exactly. They, which is an understandable. And it's in the same sentence as money and gifts, right? It's right. money and gifts, including food and drink. It doesn't even specifically say water, but it says food and drink. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit lately in, in this context with a bill like Georgia in particular. In that, you know, there's a, that saying that everyone always says perception is reality. And like that was a, a, a usable and, and, and it had some utility to like a business, right? Like mm-hmm. if people think your cookies are great or people think your cookies are bad, even if it's true or not true, there's just a reality that sets in there, right? Yep. Um, you know, people would think maybe McDonald's burgers are not real meat, right? And whether it's true or not, it, it you know, it means that people believe the quality is lower and you have to deal with that as a business owner. Mm-hmm. We've done that now, though, with just facts. Like, the, yeah. the perception now with something like this Georgia bill is it's just designed to stop black people from drinking water. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's not yeah. true at all. And, and look how effective they've been. Yeah. They've made many Americans think it's an essential part of our lives to get water when you're waiting in line to vote. <laughs> Since when has that even been a thing? Who yeah. cares if you can get a bottle of water to, when you're in line to vote? It doesn't matter. That's not an issue. Right. Nobody's ever worried about it. But now, now, oh my gosh, they want to d- deprive you of water in line to vote. And? And what, yeah, they, they said this in, uh, I think it was um, the, the, the New York Times podcast. And they said they want to stop people from having, being able to get water in the scorching Georgia heat. It's like yeah, in, in November. November. <laughs> when it's 61 degrees on average. Now, I guess it, they have primaries, but like, is your idea that they're going to try to suppress the Democratic primary vote? Like, I don't think yeah. that that would make any sense. Hard to believe. For Republicans. All of this just kind of comes down to the same thing. And that like there, this idea that perception is reality has now taken effect, not just in the vibe of a consumer over some random product, but like in the vibe of like what is news and what is not. Like, if you perceive, I perceive that's a racist bill, therefore it is a racist bill. Well, what if it isn't? And no one seems to want to deal with that. It's it's a scary time because I think we've both been doing this, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've always had this internal clock inside of me that is like, all right, at some point we hit we hit that critical mass where enough people know the truth about an issue and the tide will start to turn, you know. I don't think I don't, I don't think, think that's a thing anymore. anymore. It's not. Yeah, true. It I, don't, just, I don't think so either. It just stays. The lies just stays in effect. Yeah, I think they've realized as long as they just keep repeating the same thing, no matter what anybody else says, they have enough cover from the media that they can make it stick. Yeah. And they keep doing it. It really is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Pat Gray, very well versed on political issues for a small business owner. <laughs> uh, that's Thank really you. impressive. Thank you really you. do follow up yeah. on the news and stuff. It's, uh. it's, it's interesting. Pat Gray, uh, of course, uh, one of the uh, purveyors of the best cookies you're ever going to eat, uh, Kexi. 
Kexicookies.com, Kexicookies. Uh, make sure to check it out, K-E-K-S-I.com. Uh, also, he has a, another thing he does on the side, Pat Gray Unleashed. You can find it here uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, Blaze TV, podcast, wherever you get them. Make sure you subscribe uh, and make sure to uh, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code is stew. That's how they know you like this stupid show. Plus, you'll save 10 bucks and you get to watch Pat, uh, I assume, um, you know, eat cookies on the air. Is that, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what we do on the show. That's <laughs> unfortunately what I've been doing way too much of. <laughs> Pat, thanks for coming on. Thanks. All right, back in a second. So Nike has suspended its endorsement of NFL star Deshaun Watson over sexual misconduct allegations. Uh, there's 22 women now. Apparently they didn't think 12 was a big deal like yesterday, but now there's 22. So they're suspending uh, their endorsement of Watson. This is tough to, to go through. He deserves due process. Just because you can collect 22 uh, women who say something doesn't mean it's true, though it may very well be true and he should be held accountable if it is. One interesting aspect of this is that they are trying to say that it's racist because I guess they didn't, you know, they Nike suspended Deshaun Watson's endorsement and they they bailed on Michael Vick when he had his troubles, but they didn't bail bail on Ben Roethlisberger when he was suspended for four games um, when he was accused of something. Of course, there is somewhat of a difference between 22 women and one. Uh, but either way, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I don't think, I mean, would you even want Nike's endorsement at this point with all the crap that they've been doing? And really, you're going to accuse Nike, who's been shoveling multiple millions of dollars into the pockets of Colin Kaepernick just so he can say things are racist? His only job is to just say things are racist, and they're paying him multiple millions of dollars a year. Is Nike really your problem here? Absolutely ridiculous. Back in a second. Trying to buy or sell a home in these times, it can be really challenging. You need a partner in this transaction and you need a real estate agent that you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. Uh, you need a Hall of Fame of real estate agents, and that's what Real Estate Agents I Trust is. If you happen to be going through the COVID situation, you've decided to pack up, maybe move somewhere else, get the heck out of California, get the heck out of New York, get the heck out of Illinois or Michigan, wherever you're going, and you're coming to a, a state that maybe that leans on freedom a little bit, you're going to need to know, first of all, these markets are going crazy right now. A lot of people are doing it. You need to make sure you're getting the best price, and you need to know when it's time to bid higher. You need to know when it's time to get your house on the market and maybe how to stage it, how to fix it up. Realestateagentsitrust.com can help you with the entire aspect of this transaction, not just the paperwork, the whole thing. You need a partner. This is a big deal in everybody's financial future, and you need to have the best agent you can get. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go. To find that person, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. Hello and welcome to Stu Eats America. My name is Stu and I'm taking a short break from doing America to eat America. I hadn't planned on a guest for this segment normally because I like to eat in my kind of lonesome solace and, and, and 
you know, really just self-hatred. But Jeffy uh, smelled today's subject and wandered in, so I'd like to welcome to the program Jeff Fisher. Of course, Thank he's you. the host of Blaze TV and Blaze Radio's Chewing the Fat with Jeff I, Fisher. I thought you said anytime. Anytime. Any, any, day, you, any day, just come on in. So whenever you, Whenever you hear food or smell food, just come right in. Uh, by the way, don't forget to subscribe to uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher on uh, podcast apps or wherever you can find them. At wherever they are. Yeah. Matter. How's Chewing the Fat going? By it way? is fantastic. But I'm still I'm suffering through a new campaign that's being done called Lights Out, where okay. we are concerned about migrating birds. And apparently <laughs> okay. cities all over America are dousing their lights at night because hundreds of millions of birds are flying into buildings. Now, Wait. I'm not saying I doubt it, but I don't believe it. Wait, I, I don't believe it. All right, well, I, and I'm sure you've covered this in depth, every, <laughs> every angle of the story on Chewing the Fat, but let me ask dumb, uh, just questions that come, popped in my head okay. immediately. It seems to me that if you have a problem with hundreds of millions of birds flying into something, the worst thing you could do turn the was lights turn the lights out because then they won't see it it's funny you say and that. they'll bump right it's into it. It's funny you say that because that's one of the questions I asked. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe so. Wait, so what's their answer to this? So they say that the lights attract the birds, they become disoriented, exhausted, and then fly into the buildings. Now, if I'm a bird, mm -hmm. just, you know, I'm... Uh, Admittedly, a large bird, but if I'm a bird, a flightless bird, I, most likely, I would say, and I see a building, uh -huh. and I get exhausted, and I just get, uh, I get confused. Mm -hmm. Don't I land and stop flying? <laughs> I don't fly into. Don't the I thing. fly into things? At some I don't point, know. you're just a stupid bird, no, right? Right. I, like I mean, we've all had birds fly into our windows and stuff. I, I understand that, and some of the buildings have you know trees from their atrium or their you know in front of the building, and the okay. birds could fly into the windows thinking they were the trees. I get that, but hundreds of millions. They they say they claim between 350 million and a billion birds die of unnatural causes every year. Now, because of buildings or because Well, they they throw in there like unnatural causes like, like buildings. Okay. So, I, the one I've heard a lot about are windmills. Windmills are well that would be an unnatural cause, wouldn't it? it would. Yes, it would be. Amazing. Now, what it are we going to do? Be a building. That's and a left-wing that. priority, though, so they're yes, not going to do okay. anything about it. Doesn't those. matter. But they, you know, they still say that cats are the biggest killer of birds. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> so they say they say there's like uh, there's uh, there's all these feral cats running around so eating birds. So let me ask you: There's a, a billion, right? Is it like nine hundred million plus cat deaths plus a few? Uh, I, I mean, the no, building. The, uh, course, the stories I read there, that's separate. That's separate. Uh, that's the, hundreds the, the of cat millions deaths of are separate from the from the like building deaths. Now they claim they claim more than two hundred thousand birds a year die in New York every year, flying into buildings. Now you and I both worked in the city of New York, Manhattan, to be exact. Yes. Now I don't remember, and maybe I maybe right. I just, maybe I blocked it out of my mind. Uh -huh. I don't remember. <laughs> Having to walk over piles of dead birds to get into the buildings that we went into. I don't either. I could, be con I could have forgotten. And again, you know, you've delved into this. I have another dumb question to ask. New York City is the biggest city in the world. Mm -hmm. oh, well, not the biggest city no. in the world, but the biggest city in America and one of the biggest cities sure. in the world. If only 200,000 a year are dying in New York City with all those skyscrapers, right. 
How do we get to hundreds of millions in the rest of the world? It's interesting you ask that question. I just don't believe it. Now, they showed a picture Mm -hmm. of birds they claim died flying into buildings in Chicago and Cleveland. Mm -hmm. There were about a dozen in the picture. (laughs) This is just a scam. I don't This is like how many straws are in the water. No. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, there's a 25 billion straws in the water. Like, where'd you get that stat? Exactly what it is. A fourth grader asked once. And every story has the same, you know, they claim that 365 million to 100. Every story has those numbers. It's become one of those things. Yes. Okay, well, this is Stu Eats America. We're totally sidetracked. I'm fascinated by your issue here. But no, we're going to save birds' lives today and go to Taco Bell. Now, the the issue today... This is a big one. This is the brand new Quesalupa. It's returning. Let me do the <laughs> unboxing here. Ready? Okay. Uh, uh, look at this. The brand new. Oh, man. There we go. <laughs> that was less dramatic than you'd think when they're all wrapped. Uh, here's your stupidest sandwiches. Okay, so these are quesalupas. I want to walk you through the process here, Jeffy. Do you want some sauce, too? I know you're a big oh, bougie sauce guy. I'm not a bougie sauce guy. But okay. So let me give you what this actually is, Okay. And then we're going to try them. This is brand new. Uh, back, well, it's back on the menu, brand new. Uh, quesalupa starts with stuffing the crispy chalupa shell with a blend of melted pepper jack and mozzarella cheese from Ooh. edge to edge. Inside, Taco Bell's signature flavors, including seasoned beef, crispy lettuce, shredded cheddar cheese, fresh toma- uh, diced tomatoes, and cool reduced fat sour cream. Oh, they've already, uh, they've already ruined it. You're, you're a bougie. You don't fat. want your bougie no, sauce. No, it's the reduced fat. No, yeah. But here's the thing. Now, I just described, it starts with, it's got pepper jack, mozzarella, a bunch of other stuff in there. But They're now saying for its 2021 return, they have put 50% more cheese inside the quesalupa. And, and they're using reduced fat. And reduced fat. See, that makes it healthy. Now, the quesalupa, I would say, Jeffy, is a combination of a chalupa, which is this outdoor this shell here. Yeah, it looks nice. Right? Um, I, no, wait, the shell, the inside shell is a, is a, uh, is a different? chalupa. But they make it into a quesadilla. So you've got a quesadilla chalupa combination here. Um, I got a black bean variety. Jeffy with the, uh, I don't know. What, Are uh, these both the same? They're, I think they're both the same, yeah. Okay. I just, they just assumed that you would eat two in about 30 seconds. <laughs> I've already got sour cream all over my hands. Uh, let's check it out. This is the brand new quesalupa from Taco Bell. All right. Mm. Mm. Okay. You can definitely tell there's 50% more cheese. <laughs> I was going to say 37% more oh, cheese. Maybe I got a bad one. You got a bad one, yeah. I will say. Can't trust the help anymore. Here's, here's what I would say about this, Jeffy. Not bad. It tastes like every other thing that Taco Bell has on, the, on their menu. And to me, that is an incredibly positive development. I mean. It is a good development. I will, oh. You know what you're getting. Where is the cheese? The cheese. There's some cheese on top, mm. and I guess there's cheese between these two shells. Is that what they're promoting here? I thought the cheese was in the in the shells. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't see it in there. I got no cheese in there. Look at that. Look at that right there. I there's no cheese. cheese in there. I have cheese. Wait, you there. have cheese in the middle like this? Yeah. What the? No cheese. There? This is a travesty. A sham, a mockery, a travesty, sham mockery. I think there's cheese there. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me look at my other one. Does that have cheese in there? I feel like that's cheese. I, mean, I can see it inside here. I mean, I can see it on the top, but I do not see the cheese. I kind of thought well, this was supposed to be like right a quesadilla, here. right? This is a travesty. Still pretty good, though. Got to tell you. Oh yeah, there's God. cheese in between. There, right Where? In between the shells and in the shell. In there between is not, the shells and in the shells. Tell me, tell me there's cheese between those two shells. 
okay, there's cheese between those two shells, okay. but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> what do you think with your overall, uh, let me see, overall impressions here? I, I would say. I think your assessment is right. Right. It's like Taco, it's Taco Bell's Bell. food is, is really good to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's like my you favorite fast food place. Getting. You know what you're getting. It's always good. This is just another, like, there's nothing that would make me go to Taco Bell more to get this. That being said, I want to go to Taco Bell every single day. Absolutely. So You throw in some fries, some Taco Bell mm. hot fries with some cheese sauce, more cheese. <laughs> Maybe it's the low-fat brand. I feel like I don't want to eat anything anymore that does not have 50% more cheese. <laughs> I know. I've got oh, stuff. I've got some napkins over there. Okay, yeah. good. I've got stuff all over me. I, I would say... Oh, man. This is good. Oh. I, it's not, like, better than a lot of the stuff on the Taco Bell menu. It's fine. Yeah. You keep, you know, you're liking it. You seem to be diving in. I mean, it's not that good. <laughs> Would you rather eat that or a bird that hit a skyscraper mm. off of if the If there was ground? bird meat in there, I'd continue to eat it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to. I know there's a traditional thing of you not giving an actual score. We used to do spoons and do this type of thing all the time. Uh, on yes, Stew Eats America, we don't really have a scale, but oh, we, okay. we can make one up. I mean, I, okay. you know, 18 was always your top of the line. Is this well, up there, you think? I mean. I don't know. Uh, I think I think the, the plan was I would never really give it a rating. Right? Right. I mean, <laughs> it was always you you would give it a rating and I would say, yeah, it's around there. That is what happened. So on that's, every where episode that's, where, that's around. It's around your rating. OK, whatever you think it is. Yeah, it's around there. Here's what I'll say. Here's here's my the way I would describe this. It's, I mean, I would say go to Taco Bell, get one of these uh, quesalupas. Quesalupas. Okay? Yeah. Eat it. But also get like five other things. Eat those things too. You'll probably, this won't be the, the, the number one of the five on your list. It'll probably be like number three. It's okay. It's, for Taco Bell, it's okay, which makes it basically one of the best foods on earth. It, and it may end up being the best for that day. Because you're like, oh, it's new. It's right. Nice, it's new. You might enjoy it. Second time through? Not going to hit the top. <laughs> Second no, time through, not. it's like, yeah, you know, why don't you throw on that case of Lupa, too? <laughs> yeah, I'll take one of those. Um, so, uh, Chewing the Fat, people Absolutely. should subscribe there. Absolutely. Subscribe uh, to any platform that warms the little cockles of your heart. Mm-hmm. But do, I don't, don't, don't address what he just said. But also, uh, can you get still, like, Chewing the Fat mugs and stuff on the website? Yes. Yeah? Um, yes, at, at the Blaze, Blaze Media, Media something. Go to studosmerch.com. <laughs> at the top, you'll have all my stupid crap there. At the top, there's a little thing that says, uh, co- I think, collections. And in there, it has all the host's name. Get Jeffy's name. Get a Jeff- You get Jeffy's face on a steak. You're telling me you don't want that in your house? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right, Jeffy, thanks so much. Uh, back in a second. So we're getting into the fourth quarter now. It's 22 to 9. Deshaun Watson leading Andrew Cuomo. By the way, you can get your Andrew Cuomo is awful mugs and gear uh, all the time at andrewcuomoisawful.com. Also, you can get your Nancy Pelosi sucks pens as well. Uh, Here's the pens. Here's the mug. Sorry. Uh, Nancy Pelosi sucks pen at uh, studosmerch.com. All the time. Great collection there. I love uh, when you send pictures of yourself wearing this gear or using it. It's always very entertaining to me. So please uh, send it to, you know, you can do it, I guess, at Twitter, Stu Does America, or Instagram, post some stuff uh, there and tag me. I don't know. I don't know how any of that stuff works. Uh, Just go to the Instagram page. All the links are there on the link in the bio. Um, Before we head out today, there is a new 
song from a metal band that is, it's, well, it's Cats. Cats playing on heavy metal. Listen. Do we do we really need to continue this society? Honestly, I mean, haven't we had enough of this? I just isn't it time to just kind of unplug it? Just just turn it off. Give it another whirl, another day. Do we need the cat metal band? Is that what we need? If we do, we can come up with I think better names than Katera. We got uh, Black Cat Bath, uh, Iron Meowden, um, Deep Purple, Nine Inch Claws. Uh, Hairballin Manson, uh, Fuzzy Osborne, Alice Pooper Scooper, um, hmm.